0: Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Hi, right, good morning, good morning, good morning. Here we are on Friday, ready to roll right into the weekend. This is Off the Bench presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman alongside Casey McAllister. And it's my understanding, Paul Fritchner, before we get into everything going on in sports, that you are now going to be permanently in this seat alongside Casey.
1: Yes. True or false? Yes, that is how this is going to go moving forward. Yes. Yes.
0: Uh, you, You have any feelings about that? Good, bad, indifferent, not sure?
1: Well, we were having a discussion, Tom, before this about the picks today, and I don't think there's any better way to get this started than on a Friday and to make some picks about the weekend in college football and the NFL. So I, I feel pretty good about this. Well, i
0: got to tell you, and we're going to get into this in about the 1130 hour when we're going to do all our picks of college and pro games over the weekend. But, but i got to tell you, and Casey, I, I'm curious to hear your opinion about this. Um, you have a gambling show, not too picky. I do. Okay, so you're like a gambling expert guy. So for you to step in here, and and, and look, I signed off on it. I mean, I'm just one vote, and this is a collective uh, arrangement here, an agreement. Casey, you're on board with this, unless you're going to tell me to the contrary. But, I mean, it seems like we are at a slight, although you're the leader in the clubhouse, (laughs) we are at a slight disadvantage here. Agree? Disagree? How do you feel about it?
2: Uh... I don't know about that. I mean, I think we all have even chances. I mean, just because he's privy to some gambling knowledge doesn't mean we can't have access to the same stuff. But yeah, it's but, true. But,
0: but but he said to us off the air yesterday, and I don't know if you had time to get this together today. Maybe we do it next week about the final point spread. Of I have everything. all of it. Yeah, yeah. You I'm got ready it all. for today. Okay, so we'll yep. get into that a little bit yep. later. But here's what I'm saying, Casey. I'm guessing, Casey, you don't know. I know. I don't know. Okay, what the percentages are and what the numbers are on outcomes of spreads in NFL games this season. Do you know that? I know you can go find it, but do you know it?
2: I mean, I don't know it, but we've got the expert right here. That's what the point I'm making.
1: <laughs> well, now, now, here's what I did say before we went on the air and we were talking about this. The games that we pick are preset games. We pick five NFL games. We pick five college football games. They're not always games that I would necessarily pick. Like a lot of these games that we're picking today, we're picking the bigger games. We always pick the biggest games. You
0: on your show, you're picking the games where you like the bet.
1: I like the spot. Right. I like the bet. These are games that we decide we are going to pick. I don't. A lot of these games are, are what I'm feeling in my mind. Toss up, close games. I think we're all on pretty even footing here. I don't know. We'll find out. I mean, we're going to find out. By the way,
0: are, are they hanging meat in this studio?
1: Is it, what? Do you think it's cold? No, you,
0: well, you, well, look at you guys. You really I mean, I do have a hoodie on. on. You got sweatshirts on. Yeah. I mean, I took my hoodie off a little while ago. I think I'm going to start wearing a hoodie regularly on this show. <laughs> it's freezing in here. Um, got to okay. get you some
1: off-the-bench merch.
0: Well, I, I'm, I'm talking to our guys at Headlines out there about that. Here we go. Uh, we got to get some off-the-bench. or Chatterbox Sports, better yet. We got a big high school football coverage tonight, yep. correct? Yeah, yep. we the are at le- east. Now, our game's a little so-so tonight, right? Our big game. Oak Hill's on the Coda yeah, East. Yeah, a little so-so. But, uh, but, but we have coverage of multiple games. Uh, no Bearcat Bash or The Bash this weekend. Um, but um, lots going on. We're here every day, Monday through Friday, 10 to noon. You can join us on YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports or on Facebook slash Chatterbox Sports. Please subscribe. Hit the notification switch to let you know when our clips come out. These guys do a great job of doing that later in the day. You can find those clips on social media and follow us at Tom Brenneman TV. That's Tom Brenneman TV, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, etc. Uh, many of you are choosing the podcast route, and you can find it wherever you get your podcast. Off the bench with Tom Brenneman. Just type that in, and you will find it and, and find out what's happening. So the Bengals, one final tune-up today down at Paycor Stadium. Although I, I think they're practicing in the bubble for the first time.
1: They are. They're trying to simulate the indoor experience of playing down in New Orleans.
0: Boy, that yeah. thing looks cool. Have you driven by that?
1: I have not yet, but I will soon. I yeah. mean,
0: it's really cool. Well, you, you drive, and you, you know, if you're going over the Brent Spence there, and it sits off to the left, and, um, and I think they've sold the naming rights to that, I think. Yeah. If they haven't, they will. Um, forgive me for not knowing, but it, it, it's pretty cool down there uh just to see that thing now up and, and rolling today so they'll practice there today jump on the plane tomorrow and head down to new orleans cincinnati a two still a two paul point favorite yeah still at two okay you didn't like that number yesterday we'll talk more about it we still don't know who is starting at quarterback for the saints is it andy dalton he started the last two is it Jameis winston to start at quarterback for the new orleans saints we shall find out and I don't know when we're going to find out. So um, we'll see. Uh, Bengals have some injury questions as well. Uh, We'll talk more about those later. T Higgins, Jonah Williams. We'll see. We had the big interview on Wednesday with former Bengal great player turned analyst Dave Lapham. We we showed you a clip of that from yesterday. We're going to do the same again today his analysis of how the offensive line is playing so far this year. We will replay part of that later on in the show. Elsewhere in the AFC North, the Steelers are an eight-point home underdog to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. The men of aluminum, as we call them, won their first game against the Bengals. They've lost four straight. Kenny Pickett, again, a quarterback. Baltimore on the road against a surprising New York football Giants. G-Men are 4-1 and one on the year. Their only loss is to Dallas. Baltimore, of course, a division leader at 3-2 after the win over Cincinnati last week. Cleveland, a 2.5-point favorite at home against the Patriots. I think this is an interesting game to watch uh, for multiple reasons. This is not a layup for the Brownies here against New England. And two huge games in the NFL outside the AFC North this weekend I mean these have a chance to be great games very different styles but have a chance to be get great games you got the Cowboys once beaten taking on the 5-0 and Philadelphia Eagles that game is in Philly on Sunday night what a sports weekend in Philadelphia and in a rematch of that incredible playoff game a season ago It's the Buffalo Bills going to Kansas City. And we'll talk about this spread. I am shocked. And Paul has a great note on this. Buffalo, the road team at Kansas City, is a a two-and-a-half point favorite. Second day in a row, Aaron Rodgers did not practice yesterday. Apparently, the final play of the game in London last Sunday, he injured his throwing thumb. But he is expected to play when the Jets come to town to take on the Green Bay Packers. College football, UC and Ohio State both have a bye week, but huge games in four of the Power Five conferences. Think about this, right? Alabama, undefeated. Going to Tennessee, undefeated in the SEC. In the Big Ten, Penn State, undefeated. Going to Michigan, undefeated in the big 12 tcu undefeated hosting oklahoma state undefeated and then out in the pac 12 if there is such a thing as a big game out there uh it's intriguing because usc has not played anybody uh yeah maybe you make the argument for washington state um maybe Uh, but USC travels to Utah. Utah has been an incredible underachiever this year. Many people had the Utes ranked in their top five, top ten, including me at the beginning of the year, and the Utes have already lost two games this
1: year. Yeah, they're not looking good, especially that one down in Florida. That's a backbreaker.
2: I mean, that was a backbreaker. I remember watching that on my couch. They probably should have won that game. They drove all the way down.
0: But then they lost to somebody else who's not very good, right? Oh, the UCLA. They, yeah. I'm not buying UCLA. You're I
1: mean, not? You're out on UCLA? Uh, I'm not. I'm not. So are the fans. Well, you know <laughs> are they
0: drawn anymore at all? I mean, we showed that clip from their season opener at, at home where it looked like there were about 4,000 people there, but they are undefeated. They are ranked, overranked in my opinion, but they are ranked. Haven't lost a game. Uh, I don't know if anybody's going.
1: Yeah, it hasn't been as bad as that Rice game. Now, again, the students weren't there stadium's far away from campus, so I don't know how much that matters. But students weren't in class at the time when that Rice game happened. But still, I've seen some of UCLA lately. There's more. There's more. But it's, it's not crazy.
0: I, I, I got to tell you, you know, and, and I've been to that UCLA campus. It is absolutely beautiful. Now, granted, the stadium, they play in the Rose Bowl, for those that know or don't know. Uh, so you got to, you know, you got a little ride to get over there to Pasadena. It's not a terribly long ride, but I mean, if you're a student at UCLA, it's a huge school. (laughs) What cooler place is there literally in the world than to go hang out? You know, the weather's going to be great. You finally have a decent team. They're undefeated and you get to go hang out in the Rose Bowl
1: here. Tom, I'll show you the picture here. And I, I don't know. I know this is bad radio for the people watching, but this is this is a pretty good crowd. If you can yeah, see that, I mean, that's, that's Utah last week.
0: Okay. So it's a lot better.
1: Yeah. That's a, that's a good crowd. Okay.
0: All right. Uh, we'll talk about all of these games and we're going to be picking all the games that I just mentioned a little bit later on. Paul tells me that Syracuse NC state's a good game. Um, that Sorry. falls under the huge category outside of <laughs> Syracuse, New York and Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, we by the way, a terrible tragedy earlier today, but, um, that's, that's for news, not sports. Um, baseball. Game two in the Bronx is set for 1 o'clock this afternoon between the Yankees and the Guardians. You may remember they were rained out yesterday. New York leads the series one game to none. Both National League series resume today and or tonight, and both of them are tied at one game apiece. It's interesting when you have to play in the wild card round. And now you go to the division series, and incidentally, all of these in the division series are best of five. But what happens is, is if you're, in this case, Philadelphia, you couldn't use your number one starter for game one. You did bring back Zach Wheeler for game two. But now, Atlanta has already used its top two starters. Aaron Nola comes back. He is the ace for Philadelphia. And he pitches a very decisive Game Three here tonight. That game is in Philly, and that place is going to be absolutely rocking. Talked about the sports weekend in Philadelphia. I mean, you got the baseball playoffs there today and tomorrow, and then you got the Eagles v Cowboys on Sunday night. That's a pretty good sports weekend, man. Where yeah, it would was. you spend your money?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Me personally, I'd go to the Phillies game. What? I mean, I'm a I'm a baseball guy. I like baseball. Okay. You
0: see, I know you'd go to the football game, right? Yeah, I'd go to a football game. Yeah. yeah. That's a Sunday but, night
1: game. Did you see that clip of the news reporter that interviewed nick castellanos grandfather you know by what? accident i saw
0: the uh, i saw the the just a note about it and i didn't go back to watch it they just randomly found him right yeah there was a
1: local news reporter basically doing man on the street interviews with local philly fans outside the stadium and he walked up and just basically asked him if he was excited for the game and he said yeah my grandson's playing <laughs> and he said who's your grandson and he said nick castellanos how about that how about that yeah we're rooting for castellanos
0: he, uh, he, he had the big game in game one, uh, not so much in game two as uh, the Phillies were shut out. Uh, the other series heads to San Diego. That's another place going to be. We talked about it yesterday with Tracy Jones. I'm telling you, um, in San Diego, when the Padres are good, man, that is an electric crowd and has been for years. Uh, they used to have this thing called Baseball Night in San Diego, even in the old days when they weren't very good, and then some years when they were really good, got to a World Series with Steve Finley and that whole group, uh, Tony Gwynn, et cetera, and uh, it, it'll be moving in there tonight and tomorrow at Petco Park. All right, so we're up to speed. Coming up on the show today, we have Paul Doherty from um, themorningline.substack.com. He is um, brought back to life since retiring as columnist from the Cincinnati Enquirer, 35 years. You can read his stuff. I want to ask him, he wrote a really interesting column the other day. Uh, you know, the, the, the headline was, you don't live in Cleveland, going back to the Sam Weiss, grabbing the PA at Riverfront Stadium in a game between the Bengals and the Browns. And, uh, and Paul took that to a baseball level, uh, talking about what the Guardians are doing and what the Reds are not doing. So he will join us. Dan Horde, radio play-by-play voice of both the University of Cincinnati Bearcats and your Cincinnati Bengals, will join us at 11 o'clock. And then we do our picks at um, 1130 before we get out of here at noon. Boys, let's start with the Bengals here. We're going to talk a lot about the Bengals um, with both Paul Doherty and Dan Horde. Dan's on his way down to New Orleans tomorrow, traveling with the team because he's got the UC weekend off. Um, All the injuries with the Saints, and, and these aren't a bunch of guys that are just, you know, okay, role player here, you know, maybe linebacker there, you know, whatever it might be. I mean, we heard yesterday from Sharif down in New Orleans that Marshawn Lattimore, he doesn't think is playing. Lattimore is one of the top five corners in the, in the NFL. Michael Thomas, when healthy, one of the top three wide receivers in the NFL. Chris Olave, maybe the number one or two rookie wide receiver, best of the group in the NFL, concussion protocol. Um, Don't know about Jameis Winston. Uh, Jarvis Landry played through an ankle injury last week. I guess they're expecting him to play this week. Fellas, um, things seem to be, you know, you never wish for anybody to be hurt. Things seem to be lining up in that regard, For the Bengals,
1: yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think everything is pointing to the Bengals right now, except the betting money. (sighs) What does that mean? Well, I didn't know if you wanted to talk about this now, or we can get more into it later, but you mentioned it at the top of the show, how I didn't like the number, and it's not necessarily the number that I don't like, it's that everybody in the world is betting on the Bengals to win this game. I actually love the number at two, because it's under a field goal, which is, again, something we'll talk about more later at the key number, but... It just makes me nervous when the whole public is on the same side of one game because a lot of times that doesn't work out, and something like 90% of the bets right now are on the Bengals to cover two points. All
0: right, I I want to pick your brain, though, about something because correct me if I'm wrong. I thought you said this about the Bengals game yesterday. Look, I I read recently, and I could be totally wrong on this, so Paul, please correct me because you're familiar with this, okay? Um, I I thought I read recently – that, if I understood it correctly, I did read it. I, I remember that much. Um, but something along the lines of, if you had, um, let's just say, a million dollars, right, yeah. in, in an hour, that came in betting on the Bengals, right? But some guy who's a quote-unquote big hitter, right, betting guy that everybody knows, and, 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 and right, the wise a guys sharp. know. Okay.
1: right. A, a what? A sharp.
0: A Sharp? Sharp.
1: Sharp. Sharp, yep. Okay. Yep.
0: A Sharp walks in the door and bets 200,000. Yep. on New Orleans. Yeah. That has a chance to actually move the line even though it's significantly less money than the million that came in from you me and Casey.
1: I I think even a, a, a even a smaller bet than that can sometimes can yeah, even I, not to get into the weeds of the amount of money, but I'm just kind of putting it into scale for people listening that might not know more about it that It it sometimes doesn't even take that much. It's all all proportional to how much money is coming in versus what the Sharps are doing. But yeah, you're exactly right, Tom. And I actually had a guest on Not Too Picky that broke that down a few weeks ago, a a gambling professional uh, out from Vegas who talked about how when you get somebody in there that knows what they're doing that's what you call a sharp, somebody that consistently wins, consistently beats the house. And think about it, the best sports gamblers in the world, the ones that are professionals, the ones that make a living off of this, over the course of their lifetime, they're only hitting at about 55%. Those are the best. Those are the best. You're hitting at around – 55 to 56% are the world-class gamblers. Now, for a season, you could get hot at 60%, yeah. 70%. Right. But over the course of your lifetime, if you're hitting at 55% or some, somewhere in there, that those are the professionals that can make a living off of gambling. So if you think about it, the whole public, we all, we all sit here and we say, oh, the Saints have all of these injury issues. The Bengals, yes, they're going on the road, but they should be able to win this game by three points or more. Think back to that Colts game against the Chiefs earlier this season. Remember that? Yep. The, the Chiefs were favored by under a touchdown, and you kept thinking to yourself, there is no way the Chiefs win this game by any less than two touchdowns, and the Colts won the game outright. And the whole week leading up to that, a whole conversation was, what is going on here? Why is this yep. line only five and a half? And why are a lot of people betting on the Colts? The Colts ended up winning the game. So those are the kinds of things you look at, and especially like with Vegas, where you look at guys that really know what they're doing, the Sharps. They walk in and they put you know $50,000, whatever it might be, on a game. That line. I'm not going to say it's going to move like two points, but that could move a line half a point, which if it's three to three and a half and it's a field goal game, that loses you your bet or wins you your bet depending on which side you pick. So those are all the little things that go into it. And just because the public has $2 million worth of money on a game, that might just be the average Joe Schmo that's looking at it that's saying, oh, yeah, we have this much money on a game. So regardless of whether you like gambling or not, regardless of whether you actually put money on it, it is pretty remarkable how often these things are correct. And just even as a, as a sports fan and somebody that would like to get into knowing what's going to happen in a game, these are all numbers that you can look at that factor into it. Hmm. So it's not necessarily the number that I don't like. I actually love the Bengals at two at under a field goal with two good kickers. And, and Evan McPherson, you talk about a tie game, a field goal at the gun wins you that bet. But it just, it just makes me a little nervous that 81% of the public is on the Bengals, but only 55% of the money, which means that some of the bigger money is on the Saints. Interesting. Very, very interesting.
0: Um, Casey, you are always the eternal optimist as yep. it pertains to your Cincinnati Bengals uh I, and i assume you know it was a question that was asked yesterday about there's a smell in your house that yeah, you know about the smell the, of victory. the smell of victory it's like something out of uh, what was that great movie this the smell of war what was it marlon brando and oh, no. sheen martin sheen what was that one of the great movies of all time i'm drawing a blank somebody help me here on youtube we're, we're looking it up i mean the Come godfather on. no no, <laughs> I no, don't know. No. It was the one he was over in Vietnam, and he was. Still oh over there yeah, yeah, on. yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Hold on, hold on, hold on.
0: Colonel Kurtz. That was a, a yes. Rando.
1: Yes. Somebody help me here. Yeah.
0: Come on, uh, come on. Uh, yeah. Somebody. On. We have a ton of viewers right now. William. Apocalypse Nathan. now. Apocalypse now. Apocalypse now.
1: There you go. Big league movie.
0: Big league movie. I haven't seen that. Uh, okay. As, uh, that was uh, my my good friend Jeff Gibson reminds me the line was napalm in the morning yeah (laughs) so you have your napalm every morning for the Bengals um and I assume nothing has changed
2: no nothing's changed Uh, I still believe that the Bengals are going to get it done um the money going to the Bengals doesn't scare me one bit it just shows how uh how strong they are uh how uh Highly people think of them, and rightly so. Um, yeah, I mean, why would they, they you should say have...
0: rightly so? I, I, I'm being very serious when I ask you this question. This is a team that is two and three, yep. that one game has managed more than 21 points. Okay? Yep. They haven't been able to run the ball all year long until their last game. And I, believe me, I say it all the time I'm rooting for them to win. I hope they do win. But what makes you say that? besides their defense playing well?
2: Well, I would say mainly because of where they came from last year, and we're done talking about last year. You're not
0: done talking about last year.
2: No, I, I, that's the one time I'm going to mention this. What they did.
0: <laughs> Mid-sip there. Sure it is. All right, go <laughs>
2: ahead. Okay, so what they were able to accomplish last year when everyone doubted them compared to now everyone's doubting them now well did now everyone's betting with them and rightly so because they were able to prove doubters wrong last year they're gonna do it again this year they're gonna uh... but I want to know why Casey
1: yeah I'm asking I want to know why. why I
0: mean it looks like T Higgins and we don't know this for sure he hasn't been ruled out yet right Right. Okay, but there's a chance that he doesn't play again, and they clearly are not the same offense. And I mean, what offense would be the same without a guy like him? Uh, he's a great player and has been since the second he stepped out of Clemson and walked right into to, to Cincinnati. Uh, but if they're without him, there certainly is a legitimate question about, if not perfect health, which clearly no one in the NFL is, but Jonah Williams is your left tackle. Yep. Okay? And – Isaiah Prince would be his replacement um, if he can't go. So, Paul asked the question, a follow-up of the question that I asked. And the answer is, Casey, why do you feel so good about them?
2: Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, those guys are dogs. They're dogs. (laughs) They're going to get it done well they're this homecoming game oh they're so hyped up for this game they're just they're ready to just kill them they they're so angry about this ravens loss about everyone chit chatting they're going to prove everyone why they should be betting money on the Bengals. okay
0: well you know you you have an interesting dynamic here okay i mean and 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 look uh the saints put what 39 up on the board last week with andy dalton at quarterback Taysom hill had the big game um they also gave up 34 so you have the Bengals defense which is not given up much um against the Saints offense that is capable of scoring you have a Bengals offense which has struggled to score uh against the Saints defense that they've given up more than their fair share of points in this game so i i, I the over under on this game Paul is what
1: on the Bengals, Bengals game. Bengals game. Uh, right now, it's sitting at 43.
0: What, what are your thoughts on that over-under?
1: Uh, so, th- it opened at 44, and it's down to 43. What scares me about that, and you mentioned how much the Saints have scored, the two weeks before that, Saints had 39 last week, 25 the week before, but they only scored 14 against the Panthers and 10 against the Bucks. That was with Winston in there. Yes, you're right. You're right. But – Going against the Bengals defense, which clearly right now is is the better unit of the two, and as weird as that is to say, I I uh I I'll be completely honest, haven't done a whole lot of reading on the total. I would probably lean a little under here. Uh I, I would lean under only because of at, at forty what? 43.
0: So, I mean, a 23-20 to 20
1: game is what you're looking at. Twenty, Yeah, 23-20 doesn't win you your bet. Well, I know, so. but you know what I'm saying. No, no, no that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. we're agreeing here that I, I think that, that a 23-20 score is – until I'm until we're shown something else, all we have to go on is what we've seen so far. And the Bengals have been playing very well to the under this year. In fact, have I don't want to say it for sure. Have every one of their games gone under? That can't be right. It might be right. I, I don't know the, uh, the stat for sure. I know that they have played very well to the under. I don't know what their uh, what their total record is this year, though. And I'll, I'll say this.
2: If they can't get it done against the Saints team, that I'll, I'll list off all the players on the Saints that have injuries here. Or didn't – how about this? That just didn't even practice this week at one point or another. Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, Rashawn Lattimore – Peyton Turner, Chris Olave. And I mean, they've got like another eight guys that were limited in practice. Ryan Ramchek, their Pro Bowl offensive tackle. Um, Taysom Hill was even uh, limited at one point. Uh, Marcus May, their safety. Um, Jameis Winston was limited in practice. That's interesting. Um, But he's he's
0: had a bad ankle and a bad back. Those are the, two, the, yeah. the the combination of things that have kept him. You know who they, nobody talks about ever. Um, Alvin Kamara.
2: Where, where oh, is yeah.
1: he?
0: Is he? I mean, I, don't, I haven't followed the Saints all year long, but I, I mean, this guy was a guy that everybody and his brother. Felt was the best running back in the league. He's only got 47 attempts for 203 yards.
1: Yeah, but 23 of those attempts were last week, Tom, for 103 yards. All
0: right, so he's getting cranked
1: up. So last week.
0: Here's here's the thing, fellas, Casey, uh, that worries me. The Baltimore Ravens last week, they've been waiting and waiting and waiting on J.K. Dobbins to get all the way back healthy again after that terrible injury he had last week. When they ran him, he ran the ball pretty well last week. Lamar Jackson, when everybody and his brother knew late in that game that he was going to be the guy running the ball, the Bengals couldn't stop him. Yep. They could not stop him. So what I'm getting at here, the thing that concerns me, even though the Saints have not had Kamara running it a ton, but they've got Kamara back last week, as you just mentioned the numbers, and Taysom Hill – and his ability to run, they still have Mark Ingram on a team. Uh, now, he's not getting it much either. But the running game of the Saints is what concerns me in this game.
1: Uh, I did find the stat. The Bengals are 5-0 and oh to the under this year. So, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'll ride it until it doesn't. I'm going to go against the trend.
2: They're going to break it. They're going to figure it out. They have to figure it out. If They don't figure it out. Then I mean, against this team, uh, this is a great get-right game. If they can't go three and three, and I know you're, you're just talking about the under here, but yeah, that would be a, a miserable failure to me if it was a 20 to 23 game against this Saints team. They gotta be at least a touchdown win for me to feel comfortable where this team is heading.
1: Yeah, but they could win 23-17. Well, fellas,
0: I got to tell you. Yeah. For me, and I know we talked about this when they were 0-2, and then, you know, get the win over the Dolphins, big divisional game at Baltimore last week, they lose. I got to tell you, I mean, if they are who Casey thinks they are, if they are who Casey thinks they are, you've got the Saints, who you should beat. You're at home against the Falcons the following week. A huge game will be Halloween night. Yeah. That's yeah. Monday night football, I believe. Uh, in Cleveland.
2: They have not done well against Cleveland. No,
0: they have not. Taking a show road trip. Uh, but there. that was Baker Mayfield. He seemed to kind of have ownership of, uh, of the Bengals to some extent. Yeah. Uh, the Panthers then come to Cincinnati. You go to the Steelers for a night game. Before you play the Titans, who are getting better, it seems, by the week. And that's their M.O. But point being here is... If the Bengals can't go at the minimum, one, two, three, four, five, if they can't go four and one over this next five-game stretch, I think they're in big trouble.
2: Oh, Agreed, 100%. In fact, I would even take it a step further. They got to win the next four games straight up for me.
0: So next four games would put them at six and three.
2: Yeah. I think uh, if they go six and three – you go into that tough part of the schedule and you can afford to give up two or three games and still make it into the playoffs comfortably. Um, if you go, let's just say, if we're going to look at the schedule, um, let's see here. Well, they, I mean,
0: look, look, look at these games. Casey, you, you, you bring a, a great point here because it's actually the next five games that starting Sunday... And the teams that I just mentioned, I mean, look, the Saints, the Falcons at Cleveland, not easy. The Panthers at the Steelers, who stink. Because after that, okay, you go at Tennessee, you play Kansas City, you play the Brownies again, you go to Tampa Bay.
2: That Browns game is also with Deshaun Watson.
0: Yes, you go To New England, not a pushover. The Bills come to Cincinnati. And then the Ravens come to Cincinnati. So, you know, it's hard finding wins in that, what, final one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games of the year. Which which is why, quite frankly, it surprises me that as many people, I'm not going to say panic mode, but it surprises me that as many people are sort of brushing off this two and three start because those last seven games of the year.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you look at last season's uh, schedule, let me list the teams. That I thought they, we were done with last year. I'm I'm just listing like to, to compare the two schedules because they're lined up very similar similarly. They played Chicago, Jacksonville, Detroit, and the Jets. Those are. Four really easy games that they should have win, won, one, and they went two and two mm-hmm. in that spread. Uh, this year, they had Pittsburgh, Jets, and then they're going to play New Orleans, Atlanta, and Carolina. Right. And right now, they're one and one against the games that they should have won. Uh, if they can't beat New Orleans, you're looking at one and two. I mean. Their schedule was tougher later on in the season. Last year, it's same thing this year. Um, and they went into the bye week, I think, uh, five and four, something yeah. like that. Yeah. They got to be above 500. And to me, th- this year is even tougher. They got to go to six and three, seven and two. Or they can't even go seven and two anymore, I'm sorry. They have to be six and three um, in order to even have a chance uh, making a serious push. They just I just know that they're not going to do well against Tampa. They're going to struggle against Tennessee. Um, Buffalo, that's tough. Um, Any team that has a good defensive front, front seven, it's going to be tough for the Bengals. Um, I'm even worried about Pittsburgh. When does uh, T.J. Watt come back? Is he going to be back by that game? He should be. They said six weeks.
0: He got injured the first game of the year. That's going to be tough. I mean, and, and look, that's a stretch. He decided not to have surgery. Um, and, and, I mean, th- that, it's unbelievable that that guy's going to come back and play. But, but, but that's T.J. Watt. Um, okay, where are we here? All right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have Paul Doherty join us to talk about this and much more. This is Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. All right, welcome back to uh, Off the Bench. That's good stuff there you put together, Casey. Some of our clips from, uh, you know, some people we've had on from time to time and a guy we have on a couple of times a week, and we're very grateful for it. On Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers, is uh, the legendary retired sports columnist from the Cincinnati Enquirer. He has resurrected the morning line at the Uh Paul Dougherty. Doc, how are you on this uh, Friday? There you go. You got the lid to show off and everything. TML. Shameless yeah,
3: it's shameless. There's, shameless there's nothing wrong oh. with
0: that. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. We are all about shameless plugs. Uh, yeah. If we can make a buck or two from it. Um, <laughs> I, right. I, I loved your... Um, uh, as you so masterfully do regularly, of taking a headline from one thing and then weaving it into the narrative of a separate topic. And that was, you don't live in Cleveland. That was your uh, your column the other day, of course, uh, uh, resurrecting the famous words of Sam Weish right there on the field, grabbed the PA microphone uh, at Riverfront Stadium and reminded everybody to, to behave, you don't live in Cleveland, you live in Cincinnati. But then you spun that into... Uh, you know, as far as baseball goes, you probably did wish you, you lived in Cleveland to follow a team like the Guardians um, because it really is amazing to me what that franchise continues to do every single year. And, Doc, you tell me if you agree with, with me or not. In a day and age where people say managers don't make a difference, I think Terry Francona has made a difference.
3: I do, too. Uh, I, I I think the notion that they win and lose games with strategies and lineups and and that kind of thing uh, overblown even more so now with all the all, all the numbers that are in the game now um I, I think what managers and, and any coaches for that matter do best is set tones um, keep guys uh, happy keep guys excited keep guys wanting to come to the ballpark every day. I mean, across six months and 162 games, that that is a grind. You know, Scott Rowland used to call it the big 162, and and he would wonder why teams that actually won divisions didn't get more credit than than teams that then won at all. And it was a fair point uh, because it takes a lot out of you day after day to play the game. Uh, and and the manager was able to set the tone and get the most from his players effort-wise just about every day is, to me, more important than, than the guy who knows uh, every stat ever created. Um, and I think Terry Francona is is that way. He's old school. He understands the game. Uh, he had those guys playing relaxed and confident down the stretch. Um, and, and he did it with the, with a very young team, youngest team in baseball, uh, guys that may or may not be really sure of themselves. Um I thought he did a fabulous job with with a team that, on paper, is should be just kind of okay, but will should be even better next year and the year after that and the year after that because of the job their front office has done.
0: Um, Okay, well with that in mind, and, and I think it's safe to say, even though Cleveland, as you mentioned, is the youngest team in baseball. Um, and they were quite shrewd as they traded away some of the biggest names there are in the sport, including Francisco Lindor, among others, Uh, and they got a lot in return for those trades. You pointed out their middle infield is made up of guys they made in that trade with the New York Mets. Um, Mm -hmm. But with that in mind, so so we all agree, Cleveland is a more talented team than the Cincinnati Reds. What kind of tone – is David Bell setting for the Reds, do
3: you think? Well, it, it's it, uh, you're just going to sound like a cop-out, and that's probably be because it is. Uh, I, I don't know. I, he, I I kind of look at, at him the way I used to look at Bengals coaches. You know? I mean, the, there was one guy who was obviously out of his element, and that was Dave Shula. Um, but was Bruce Coslet? I, I, I don't know. I mean, he went on to coach, coach the Jets – uh, was Dick LeBeau? Probably not. He was a Hall of Fame uh, assistant. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think if you give David Bell a decent roster, uh, it, it would have been really interesting. You give David Bell Francona's roster from this year and see if he gets them into the playoffs. Then, then we can start judging David Bell. I, I think that um, they, they had a competitive team last year and they fell short. And they fell short in a way that would lead you to have doubts about about the manager, frankly, because they lost big at the end of the year. Um, this year, I, I don't know. They, they, they didn't have the players. And the players that they did have, they traded away. And the guys that they didn't trade away got hurt. So to, to judge David on this year is kind of silly. I think if you, if you look at his whole body of work, sure, you have doubts because he hasn't won anything yet. Um, and, and there have been cases when he had – the players possibly to go further than, than he has, but I, I don't know. It's a kind of a chicken and egg thing, Tom. Okay. It, it's it's always hard for me to, to 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 look at a manager and say he's good or he's not. I think there's so much more involved in just you know the lineups he runs out there or, or the deci- the in-game decisions he makes.
0: Okay, let's shift gears to football. Um, we were just walking through the schedule and everybody will make reference to the schedule for the Bengals over their final seven games of the year but rarely do you start really looking at it game by game um we we've talked about you know is a game a must win game at times for the Bengals in the early part of this season um I look when you're two and three in my opinion you tell me if you agree or not Uh, Every game starts becoming a must-win game, especially when you look at that back half of the schedule, because we just walked through the seven games they're playing to end the season. And, you know, the, the one you look at and say, okay, I probably feel pretty good about is going to New England. And I don't know how good you feel about going to New England. So you know, based on their history, if nothing else, I know Tom Brady's not there, but 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 Doc, these next these next five, six, seven weeks, um, Zach Taylor's got to have this team ready to play, man. They, they they can't be stubbing their toe over this next five, six game stretch. It just can't happen.
3: Well, I think they 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 needed to bank the wins early. I, I had them. Yeah, you know, when you do, you, you go through the schedule and it comes out and you think, no, they're going to be, win this game. And you, you analyze it and try to figure it out. Uh, I had them at 4-1 and one at this point. So you're not talking to an expert on the Bengals. I was more optimistic or naive uh, than smart. That said, yeah, um, although I don't think this division is, is good enough that anybody is going to run away with it. Um, and, and they they still have 12 games to go um some of those wins you kind of counted on um i thought they would beat pittsburgh i didn't think they'd go to dallas and win but i i, I did think that they would go to baltimore and win um so i, I yeah you're right they, they need to win now and they need they need to bank some wins so at the end of the year when everybody's around you know i have six and six or seven and five or whatever it's going to be going to the home stretch they're right there at six and six or
0: seven and five. Um, when, when you talk about some of the injuries, and we're talking specifically about a couple of guys that, that could have a huge impact of being there, or it looks more and more like not being there. The one that worries me is the left tackle. Jonah Williams has not played particularly well this season, um, but he's a starting left tackle. Um, mm-hmm. Isaiah Prince is a guy who got a chance to play. He had his ups and downs, uh, but he's a backup for a reason. Uh, do you think that is a more important position for the Bengals this Sunday than having T. Higgins back or not?
3: Um. Yeah. Yeah, probably. You see, I, I, I think that Williams has played okay. I, I, I think his statistics, he grades out okay. I may be wrong about that because I don't live and die with numbers, but uh, – he he's been a little bit better than adequate, um, and and given the fact that that whole line has been a little bit less than adequate, I, I think he he's been one of the bright spots there. That said, you don't want to you don't want to go into a, a road game in New Orleans, even though their defense isn't that great, uh, without your starting left tackle. Um, you hope again that 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 they around that; they, they can get away with that for a week uh, with, with the plays they call. Now, if they're without Higgins and Jonah Williams, yeah, I mean, obviously they showed last week uh, what what effect not having Higgins had, and it wasn't wasn't a very good one. Uh, I'm still waiting for them to to, to remember that, that Tyler Boyd actually plays for them. Uh, pretty good slot receiver. They've decided to put Chase in there on occasion. Uh, they haven't gotten the ball to Boyd very much. Uh, I think maybe this week they, they ought to rediscover Tyler Boyd. Maybe he can put a, a, a placard around his neck. Hi, I'm Tyler Boyd. Throw me the ball. <laughs>
0: I, 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 you're, I'm, I, I'm, I'm one thousand percent with you there. I, I just think Boyd's a, a hell of a player and has been for a long, long time. He plays with a lot of fire and a lot of passion, and I think that, mm-hmm. that that's something that's very important to the success of any team, especially a guy that's been around as long as he, uh, has been around. You know, the the, the thing that just com- continues to dumbfound me, Doc, um, is you know, and look, I'm like you in a lot, in a lot of ways. When I used to you know broadcast NFL games every week. And from time to time, I'd have a partner that would start slipping into some of this football jargon, this, you know, A-gap and, you know, the, the blah, yeah. blah, blah, and, and all this sort of thing. And, and I think a lot of fans might think they know about it, and, but, but I think for a lot of them as well, they're, they're, like me, their eyes start folding up in the back of their head, and they're just like, this is nonsense. But this Tampa 2 defense thing, right, has been... That, that could
3: loosen the whole thing up, but you're right. They've got a problem, especially if Higgins is still hurt
0: uh what are you writing about today did you have a, a morning line come out today yeah
3: well i haven't finished it yet I'll, I'll have it done um probably half an hour after we're done talking here i uh fridays i like to lighten up so i i've, I've got two people that i rely on and have for a long time one guy tells us what to drink on the weekend and, <laughs> and the woman tells us where to go and drink <laughs> right 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 um, yeah things to do around town plus i i I, not going to New Orleans, missing a great road trip. I, I kind of reflect on what is the best thing to do in every city, according to me uh, in the NFL, because the trips were always uh, the best part. You know, the games were the pennants I had to do to get to go on the trips. So right. I list every city a great spot. Um, and I reflect a little bit on Andy Dalton. And Andy Dalton was a, a, an interesting guy in this town. And when people ask me over the years, what do I think of Andy Dalton? I, I basically tell them when I think of Andy Dalton, I think of all the things he didn't do, not the things that he did. And that's not fair, but it's accurate. Uh, Andy Dalton didn't win a playoff game. Andy Dalton missed a wide open A.J. Green in the end zone in Houston one year in the playoffs late in the game. Uh, Andy Dalton was, was uh, not an elevator man. That's what I used to say, he never elevated the team. He, he, could, he could keep the team in games, he was a caretaker kind of guy. Um, very rarely did he make the Bengals better. Um, that said, he won 70 games here, 70 and 61, I think. Made three Pro Bowls. Uh, and, and with Marvin Lewis, got this franchise back to a level that made last year's season possible. So, a little bit about Andy Dalton.
0: That's good. And and, and, and that is spot on uh, in Andy Dalton. I, I always tell the story all the time, Doc, when I was living in Chicago and doing the Cubs games, and I remember – um, in the middle of the summer, I think it was, or maybe it was the beginning of summer, when a uh, very successful, very popular uh, head basketball coach of the Chicago Bulls was Doug Collins. Great player. You remember Doug Collins is a player, fantastic player, and a really good coach. And they had Michael Jordan come in, and they got to the playoffs a couple of times, but they would get beat by either uh, the Pistons or the Celtics or somebody like that, and they just couldn't advance on. And then, shockingly, uh, Jerry Reinsdorf, the owner, Jerry Krause, the general manager, um, fire Doug Collins. And I'll never forget just watching that press conference on television in my apartment where the line was by Jerry Krause. He said, Doug Collins got us from point A to point B in building up these franchise. They're introducing some guy that you'd have to be a New York Knicks fan to ever even know who he was in Phil Jackson. He said, "Phil Jackson is going to take us from point B to point C, and C stands for championships. And we know, you know, they they almost won enough rings uh, over the next yeah. decade to fill both hands. That, to me, was was Marvin Lewis and Andy Dalton. They were A to mm-hmm. B to really do a nice job for this franchise. Is, is that a fair point?
3: I, I think it's completely fair. And if you look at Andy's career since he left here, he's been a backup primarily." He's got an 8-9 and nine record. Uh, and that's Andy Dalton, you know? Uh, great guy. Uh, everybody in, in the locker room loved him. Not a bad word would ever be said about Andy Dalton, who's a, a good person as well, but did not possess that, whatever you want to call it, people call it the it factor, uh, that, that's necessary for really good quarterbacks to, to have. Andy never, bless him, he, he, he never had that, And, and, you know, Sunday he'll probably go, I don't know, 17 for 25 for 202 yards, a touchdown and an interception, and the Saints will lose by a field goal. Yep, yep. I think you're right. Doc, thanks for the
0: time. Looking forward to uh, checking out. It's themorningline.substack.com. Enjoy your weekend, my friend. Thanks, Tom. All right. Paul Doherty, kind enough to join us a couple times a week. We love having him. Uh, and getting his insight on what's happening in sports, not just in Cincinnati, but, but all over the, uh, the country and all over the globe. Um, you know, I think that's a fair assessment of, of Andy Dalton. Everybody in this town, I think the first thing they think of, and I think this is quite insightful by, uh, by Paul Doherty, is you think of the things he didn't do rather than the, the, the many, many good things that he did do. And that being playoff games and primetime games. Right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the worst was the year that he got hurt because that was the year that it seemed like they probably had the most promise, Right, the year that they lost in uh, the first round of the Steelers. That was really the icing on the cake because that was the year that everything was going right. It sure was could, A.J. McCarron. Yes, yes. And, and that was the year that he hurt his hand, and you just felt like that year was, if there was going to be a year, that was the year just with the way they started. Was it 8-0, 9-0? That yeah, year, they went 8-0. They 8-0. Went and, and, um, and then it all just – He got hurt in Pittsburgh, if I remember right, right? Yeah, yeah. like in week 12 or yeah. something like yeah. that.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and, again, we don't know if he is starting yet. That's not been officially announced, if Dalton is the starting quarterback. But I, I think the Bengals, fellas, I think they see – and we'll talk about this with Dan Horton in a few minutes – I think they see a heavy, heavy, heavy dose of Kamara and
2: T- Taysom Hill. Yeah, I think so too. After last week, 100%. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: You know, why wouldn't you? And, yeah. and, and, and um, uh, but this is such a big game. I feel almost when you do a show like this, and I've never done a show like this in my life where you, you, you know, and I always remember driving and listening to Lance McAllister in the old days, Trumpy or Collinsworth or whatever, Mo Egger now, and, and, and you get into seasons and it seems like you're saying the same thing week after week. But I think this Bengals team has done that to its fan base. I think that it feels like we're saying, guys, every week on this show that this is a must-win game. Is that accurate?
2: I think we have been kind of saying it a lot. As of Are we late.
0: overblowing it?
2: No, I don't think we're overblowing it. I mean, today is – I mean, it was a must-win game against Baltimore. Now you're looking at instead of winning the division, you're looking at maybe squeaking by with the wild card spot. That, that was the difference there with that must-win. This is more <laughs> like you're either in the playoffs or not if you don't win this game to me. Because you go two and four, um, that means that you're two games back from even being 500, and we already discussed that we had to win the next four to even be in that discussion because of how brutal our schedule is the on the back end. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, they, they gotta. this is a must win if they want to be in the conversation for the playoffs.
1: If you've listened to me for a while, if anybody listening to this has listened to me for a while, I have – three or four cliche phrases in sports that I have pet peeves with. And I think must win is at the top. Okay. If only because, and I don't mean to be a contrarian here, but I'll, I'll share what I, what I think. When you say must win, to me, the way I hear that is, if you do not win this game, then everything is over. And as somebody that has covered Xavier for a while, there were a lot of Xavier fans in the last couple of years that I've had to talk off of a ledge because you get into February and you say this is a must win okay this is hold, a but, but must win I not want to interrupt you but okay. hold on a second. no no go okay. ahead
0: okay uh, and, and but but if I read right yesterday if you start two and four going back to 1990 yeah two and four a nine percent chance to make the playoffs
1: it, yeah it's not
0: somebody has to be one of the nine but I don't like those odds
1: no no it's not good it's not good I think the Bengals, the season to me, is not over if they lose on Sunday, which to me then says that this is not a must win. Does this make the road damn near impossible if they lose? Sure. But there are still opportunities. If the, if the schedule was as hard the entire rest of the way as it is in December, I think I would be sitting here with a different opinion on this but because the Bengals have an opportunity in these next five games that we're, we're sitting here talking about how the Bengals need to go four and one in the next five games. Right. I think we all can agree on yep. that. Yeah. So if the Bengals lose on Sunday, they win the next four. There's your four and one.
0: And I think I, I do believe in what um, doc uh, made the point, And we made the point here is that there's no world beater in the division. That's not to say that, you know, um, that the Ravens aren't capable of ripping off like we're talking about with the Bengals because they virtually play the same schedule. Yeah, I mean, Buffalo's already play or the Ravens have already played Buffalo. Bengals still have to play Buffalo. They've got this uh, NFC South thing, which isn't very good outside of Tampa Bay. So, you know, everybody's got to play them. Um, Cleveland, for me, is the wild card when all is said and done if – and apparently there are more lawsuits coming at, uh, at, at uh, Deshaun Watson, oh, really? or at least on the civil side, which, you know, uh, now you're talking money. Not just, you know, everything he's been through. He's paid a lot of money already, but the, you know, whether or not Watson gets back on the field at all this year uh, remains to be seen. But I still think the Browns are a talented team. Uh, And they do some things that other teams in the division don't do very well, and that is run the ball. And in cold weather, you move into November, December, they get Watson back, very dynamic player. I still think the Brownies
1: are a team to keep an eye on. Tom, how many wins do you think wins the NFC North? I'll ask you that. Uh, I'm going to say 10. That's what I would say. That's exactly what I was going to say. Casey? Casey?
2: The AFC North or the NFC North? AFC North. What AFC I, North. Did um, I say NFC? I would say, I would say 10 is a tie. You're tying with someone. Okay. And then it comes down to divisional wins. 11 okay. gets you
1: to – so 10 and 11. Yeah. Okay. I think the Bengals can find their way to 10 wins. They got two right now? Two. You think – Okay. I think they can find that. I think they can I think there is a pathway on this schedule to ten wins. You go four and one in the next five. That's six. You're six. And
0: you think there's four more wins on the backside of that schedule out of the final seven? Yeah. Tampa Bay. Kansas City. At Tampa Bay. Buffalo. Yes. Ravens.
1: Yeah. You beat the Titans. New England. Beat the Titans. Oh, that's, you'll, you'll beat the Titans. That's easier said than done. You'll beat that. the Buccaneers. I don't know about that. I, yeah, I don't know you about You think that. the Bengals are
0: going to beat the Buccaneers?
1: Yes. In Tampa. I'm not as high on Tampa as you are.
0: Well, they haven't had anybody around Brady. Everybody's hurt.
1: Well.
0: Their defense outside of one game.
2: The Tampa Bay agreed. defense is.
0: Agreed. agreed. They stunk against Kansas City, though. Got some time defense. to figure it out.
2: They stunk.
0: Yeah, they got some time to figure it out. All right. Uh, Dan Horde, Is he here yet or no?
2: he is uh I'll, can we go to a quick break, we'll go to a quick, quick
0: break and then we'll have dan horde radio play-by-play voice of the bengalis and the idol university of cincinnati bearcats this weekend back in a moment all right welcome back to off the bench presented by united dairy farmers we are so grateful each and every week to have the radio play-by-play voice of both the university of cincinnati football and basketball bearcats Dan Horde, and of course, uh, he'll be jumping on, I assume, the charter plane with the Bearcats off uh, tomorrow and can actually uh, sit back, relax, not rush through airports, et cetera. Dan Horde, is that accurate? You're on the
4: charter flight with the Bengals tomorrow? That is accurate. And if there's a city that you want to get to early, (laughs) the day before a Bengals game, it is the great city of New Orleans. I'm a foodie, Tom. So I'm going to take advantage of arriving there at a reasonable hour and have a great meal.
0: Okay, well, we were talking yesterday with, with a, an anchor down there, born and raised, young man born and raised in New Orleans. And, and we capped off our conversation with him, asking him about where to go. Uh, and there are you know dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of choices, especially being a foodie as you are. Uh, what what would you suggest? Where are you going tomorrow night? Because I know you've already thought of it and got it planned out and a reservation and all that kind of thing, right? Where are you
4: heading? I don't have a reservation because the place I am going does not take reservations, and this is just an appetizer recommendation. This is not a dinner reservation, a recommendation rather, but my good friend Todd Graffinini, the voice of the NBA's New Orleans Pelicans, was born and raised in New Orleans. So a few years ago, while I, was where, while I was in New Orleans on a family trip, Todd reached out and says, whatever you do, you have to go to Drago's and get the char-grilled oysters. And I told Todd, I don't like oysters. It's a textural thing. They taste like phlegm yeah. to me. No, thanks. I'm not having them. He said, if we are friends and our friendship means anything to you, you will go to Drago's and get the char-grilled oysters. Well, when somebody says that, you gotta go, right? You gotta go. So so I went, tremendous. As he puts it, the single best bite of food you will have in one of the great eating cities of all time. So I will be at Drago's to get my char-grilled oysters. I'm not sure about dinner after that yet. This will not be where I have dinner, but it's going to be where I have an appetizer and a drink or two. And it's not just the char-grilled oysters, but they come with this fresh, fresh bread that you use to sop mm. up the sauce. And that might be the best part. I don't even know that I need the oysters, <laughs> but it's unbelievably good. For anybody making the trip, go to Drago's. It's in the Hilton Riverside on Canal Street, right yep. on the edge of the French Quarter. Yeah, Unbelievably good. All right, well, uh... I'm glad to know
0: that. I haven't been down there in a while. I, I mentioned yesterday, I used to, I, I ended up down there a lot through the years uh, with both college and professional football um, and never tried that. So the next time I'm in, that's what I'll do. And I know a lot of folks are going to make the trip down there to New Orleans for this coming weekend, and why not? When you look at this game, Danny, and we've been sitting here and, 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 and you know, bantering back and forth with Casey and Paul about – uh, the way this season has started, and I've never done a talk show before where you're on every day, and I always used to listen to guys all the time and wonder, man, how do they talk about the same stuff every day? Uh, but it feels like this Bengal season uh, ha- has made us almost regurgitate the same kind of, of thinking over and over about this is a game they got to win. W- w- what are your thoughts on that? I mean, 2-4 and as opposed to 3-3, and and this is a team with all their injuries, especially, that you should be better than.
4: I agree with that. I heard what you guys were saying before I came on, thinking that 10 wins is probably what it's going to take to win the AFC North, and I would agree with that. I don't think uh, fewer than 10 would have a chance. I think it's got to be 10 or 11. So when you look at the rest of the schedule, they need eight more wins to get to 10. Where are those eight wins? I think if you go 5-1 and one at home, uh, there are four games that I think are very winnable at home where they sh- probably should win, and then two really tough games at home, Kansas City and Buffalo, if you can win at least one out of those two, then you've got five victories at home, then you got to win three road games. You look at the road games, I think that New Orleans is one of the more winnable road games. They are a two-point favorite this week. I think the Saints are decent. I don't think they're great. Uh, it looks like Marshawn Lattimore, Lattimore is probably out this week. Uh, At least that's the word I got from the voice of the saints when I talked to him on Wednesday. So yeah, I I think it's become a really important game because the margin of error gets, uh, smaller and smaller every time you lose a game early in the season.
0: This is probably a tough question to answer, Dan. And I asked Paul Doherty the same question a minute ago, but, but, but nobody sees the team more frequently practice games, obviously, than you do. Um, if you had to pick one of the two positions to have the player there, and both of them are hurt right now, if you had to have one of the two play,
4: Jonah Williams or T. Higgins? I would say Jonah Williams just because the drop off from Jonah to the next guy at left tackle is probably more significant than the drop off from T to the other wide receivers. Don't get me wrong, T is awesome. He's a lot better than Mike Thomas or. Trent Taylor or whoever you put in there in his place. But if Jonah's out, I'm not even positive who that guy is. They put in Hakeem Adenogy uh, for the few plays that Jonah missed in the second quarter against the Ravens. I assume it would be Adeniji starting at left tackle, but I hope that's not the case. Based on what I've seen from Jonah, not on the practice field, but just in the locker room, talking to him, his body language, the way he's treating this, I think he's probably going to play uh, but we might not know until the pregame warmups on Sunday. What about Higgins? Same thing. T seems like he's in great spirits. I think they're being very cautious for obvious reasons. He tried to play at the beginning of the game last Sunday night. So if I had to make a bet, my bet would be that he will go. Uh, Zach Taylor will be talking to reporters shortly. We may know more then. But again, with T, it, it might once again come down to the pregame warmups.
0: Curious as to your thoughts about the comments made by um, Joe Burrow last week about uh, the, the problems the Bengals, the challenges the Bengals have been facing in regard to this Tampa 2, cover 2 defense, which we've talked about ad nauseum around here. And, and, uh, but it's been around forever, going back to the days of Tony Dungy and Monty Kiffin and that whole crew down in Tampa when they won a Super Bowl. Uh, John Lynch was the main man in that whole secondary. But, but how were you struck, if at all, about the comments Burrow made after the game last week, specifically talking about what they've not been able to do and what has been taken away from them uh, in those types of defenses so far this year?
4: I assume, Tom, you mean specifically when he said something to the effect of if defenses are going to play us that way, we're not going to be able to throw yes. the deep ball yes. or something yes. like that? Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, I, here's how I take that. We need to get them out of those defenses in order to throw the deep ball. That's the formula. And the key to that is. Is running the ball which thank heavens they'd started to do in the second half against Baltimore and if you go back and look at the second half of that game the Ravens did start to bring one safety down once Joe Mixon was running for an average of more than five yards per carry so that's the formula I think that's what Joe meant and let's see if they can build on it this week I had the opportunity to visit with TJ Hushmanzada on Wednesday that interviews on my podcast the Bengals booth podcast I asked him, because he's one of the smartest guys that ever yeah. played for the Bengals. I said, you know, what's the formula? How does an offense beat two deep safeties or two high shells? He said, run the ball. I mean, it's that simple, that definitive. If you say, if if you're able to run the ball, a defense is not going to let you kill them by running for five to ten yards play after play after play. Eventually, they react. One safety comes into the box. Now those opportunities return for Jamar, N.T., and even Tyler Boyd. And in the second half last week, there were some chances late in the game. They started going to Jamar further down the field, and he didn't have any deep catches, but he did draw two pass interference penalties, which are just as good. So that's the formula. It's no great mystery. Let's see if they can build in what they did in the second half.
0: Um, I want to get off the Bengals for a minute. We were talking about, uh, well, at the beginning of this conversation, we're talking about how many wins it takes to to, to perhaps win the division. You're thinking 10, maybe as many as 11. Uh, Tiebreakers come into effect. The Bengals are 0-2 so far in their divisional games. Uh, when you look at the other two, and I'm going to take Pittsburgh, obviously, out of the mix here. If you had a crystal ball and you look – now till the end of the year, the Ravens versus the Browns. Which one of those two teams over the long haul do you think ends up being a better team, knowing that if Deshaun Watson comes back,
4: he comes back and plays for the Brownies? Ravens, no doubt about it. At least this year, I have no idea how good Deshaun Watson is going to be when he comes back this year. I think eventually he will be one of the better quarterbacks in the nfl but it might not be for those games he plays at the tail end of this season for cleveland when he played in the preseason this year he looked brutal didn't take a snap last year it's going to be roughly two full seasons by the time he gets back and plays this year so Uh, Long-term, I think he's going to be a great quarterback for Cleveland, but I don't think it's going to be this year. Baltimore, on the other hand, I think is one of the best teams in the NFL. They've had a double-digit lead in every game they played. They had a 21-point lead over Miami in the fourth quarter and inexplicably blew it. They had a 17-point lead over everybody's Super Bowl pick, the Buffalo Bills, and blew it. I think Baltimore is a great team, and to me, Baltimore versus Cleveland this year is not even close.
0: Okay. All right. So you think it comes down to uh, what everybody thought maybe at the very beginning of the year, Bengals, Ravens, and and, and there you have it. One maybe wins the division. Well, one will win the division, and the other is uh, a wild card. Fair to say?
4: That's the way I look at it. I think they are clearly the best two teams in the division this year.
0: Okay. All right. Fellas, you have anything you'd like to uh, ask Mr. Horde, before we let him go? He's a busy man. He's got to get to Drago's. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> Dan, the, uh, it sounded like Drago's was a suggestion from our, our guest down there yesterday. So uh, that, that's a popular place. Hopefully, if I ever get down there. I'm, I'm not an oyster guy either. Can you give me any uh, advice as a non-oyster guy for what you have to know going into it?
4: No, nothing required. I mean, like you, like you I had no desire to try char-grilled oysters. None. It was strictly out of respect for my friend who was born and raised there, and when he said, our friendship is on the line, if you don't take my advice and get these char-grilled oysters. And I will say this, if you go to Drago's and try the char-grilled oysters, and you slurp that first one and you think this is disgusting, I never want to try this again, you will be happy just taking the (laughs) fresh bread It is that that good. (laughs)
1: All right. All right. You've convinced me, Dan. Casey,
4: there you go. Yeah.
2: um, I think my only question is, are you enjoying the the break from doing the UC games? Are you enjoying that time? Because you're going down to New Orleans, are you going to do more than just eat? Is is there any other plan than scheduling for dinner, any uh, family time, anything like that?
4: Well, it's been a much easier week because I've only had to prepare for one game. You know, homework's Mm -hmm. a major part of the job during the course of the week. So I I like to joke that I study for two final exams every week with a college game on Saturday and a Bengals game on Sunday. So it's just one exam this week, which is much, much easier. I'm looking forward to getting down there at a normal time. Uh, I won't have to travel at the crack of dawn on Sunday morning. I won't have to hope I can make a connection on Saturday night. I know I'm going to get there with the team on Saturday. That means a great dinner. Uh, And I like to run when I can first thing in the morning on Sunday uh, if I'm able to on the road. And New Orleans is a great running city, so I will work off the char-grilled oysters and the fresh bread. (laughs) with a nice morning run on Sunday, and I'll be ready to go for a noontime kick New Orleans time on Sunday. That's right.
0: That's right. That, that, that's the problem with New Orleans when you go down there is if you're going to play down there and work down there, you like the 3.30 kick. Because in that way, you know, A, your night's going to go a little longer. If you've got some cobwebs the next day, you've got plenty of time to, to to get rid of them, you know, shake your head a little bit and, and get
4: going. But you don't Can have that I option. Can share one more? Yeah, can I share one more bit of Of wisdom about New Orleans? Um, All right. So people are probably familiar with the hurricane, the official drink of New Orleans. Yes. Most famously served at Pat O'Brien's. So it's this really tall glass and it tastes like fruit punch, but it's got a bunch of shots of alcohol (laughs) in there. So you don't know how it's going to hit you, and then the next thing you know, you're not in good shape. I will be very careful with the alcohol consumption. But I was in a taxi once in New Orleans and the taxi driver gave me very sage advice about the hurricane. He said, sir, the hurricane is like a woman's bosom. One is too few, three is too many. So that was the wisdom of a New Orleans taxi driver and I've remembered it ever since. That (laughs) is great advice,
0: perfect way. To tie a ribbon around our visit with Dan Horde. There you have it. Danny, have a great weekend. Have fun in New Orleans. Enjoy yourself. Be careful. You know, I mean, that's the thing now about New Orleans.
4: Uh, It's changed a lot.
0: Uh, But be careful
4: and have fun. I will. I love this city. It's one of my favorite places, so I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me on.
0: Absolutely. Great to have Dan Horde with us and him taking the time to join us each and every week. And uh, we were really, really grateful for him and his time and his insight. And, uh, And he's fired up. Drago's it is Drago's Dragos. that's two
1: recommendations for Drago's
0: well that means it's a big league joint yeah that means it's a big league joint because Danny got the recommendation from a local we got the recommendation yesterday from a local born and raised New Orleans guys and those are the guys at the end of the day that really know okay uh boys we have reached that time it's that time so it's time to hitch up your bootstraps right Let's do it. Put the cup on, right? Because you can't practice and you can't play without the cup. Nope. That's a deal. From peewee to junior high to high school to college, pros, all the way up. You can't play without a cup. So you better find it. (laughs) Some smaller than others. All right, here we go, fellas. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to our picks for the weekend. And Paul Fritschner is officially taking over for Brandon Seho. I'm not sure if this is fair or not. We're back in a moment. <laughs> Thank God you cut out there, uh, Casey, because that was uh, Vach calling me an old man. We're going to have him back on. Matter of fact, we might have him back on uh, Monday. We ought to look into that, okay? Get yeah, him man. back on after the Dallas
2: Yeah, we'll, we'll um, give him the
0: Philadelphia game. Uh, that's the night game, right? Did I say yes. that? Yeah, Sunday night football. Yeah, Sunday night, okay. All right, boys. Here we go. Now, before we put up the picks, here's right. the deal. We've all agreed to this, right? Paul, you agreed to yes. this. What we were talking about earlier in Casey, I know you did too, yep. right? Yep. Here's the deal. We don't know if the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, Bryce Young, quarterback at Alabama, is going to play in this game. He missed their game last week when they held on uh, to beat Texas A&M. And and here's what we agreed upon. If Bryce Young plays one play in the game, okay, then our picks, if we pick Alabama, stands, okay? Okay. If he does not play at all, I'm picking Tennessee. Okay. All right, but I'm going with right now, assuming he's going to play, Uh, And if it's one play, I'm held to it. Uh, I'm going with undefeated, undefeated, two top seven, eight teams in the country. I'm still going with the mighty Crimson Tide. Okay. They call Alabama the Crimson Tide. Call me Deacon Blues. Casey, where are you going?
2: Uh, You know, I told this to the crowd on Not Too Picky. Um, I... uh, I (laughs) Tennessee hasn't played anybody. That's good. When you think about it, they played LSU and Florida, both at the time were ranked, but we we know where they're at now. They're nothing special. I I can't I can't pick Tennessee here. As much as I would love to see them cover or even win, um, I just don't see them being able to to do it. I, I got Alabama on this one.
0: Are we putting in the uh, graphics on these so oh, everybody knows absolutely them? yes? Okay, so yes. I got Alabama. Casey has Alabama. Paul, that, that, that seven-point line, excuse me, I, I think that's a big number.
1: It's a huge number. I am going to pick Alabama regardless of whether Bryce Young plays or not. Uh, I do think it would help uh, if he plays, my confidence, if this stays at seven. Um, it, it would help me if this game stays at seven or maybe if it can even get down to six and a half. I do like Alabama in this spot. This is such a huge get up game for Tennessee. Hennon Hookers thrown 10 touchdowns this year, no interceptions. One of I less than a handful of quarterbacks that have thrown for double-digit touchdowns and no interceptions. He's having an incredible season right now. Casey's right. Tennessee has not played anybody so far that would be on the level of Alabama. Yes, they they have a couple of nice wins. They have that Florida win. The last five Alabama starting quarterbacks that Tennessee has defeated: John Parker Wilson, Spencer Pennington, Brody Croyle, Tyler Watts, and Andrew Zow. I don't think that Tennessee gets it done at home. Do they cover is a different question. That's what we're talking about here. I like Alabama at a touchdown. If it gets to seven and a half, I don't know, this is a touchdown game. The spread is huge, 66, or the total rather, is huge, 66. Um. Everybody is on Tennessee. Everybody is on Tennessee. Okay. All
0: right, but we're, we're picking CBS, at I, seven and that's a line. And you're going with Bama.
1: I am. All right. Um, we talked about all the huge games
0: in in in, in four of the five power conferences this weekend. Um, Paul tried to throw in uh, the other power conference, the ACC, with the Syracuse NC State matchup. Uh, that's not on the board today not on off the bench anyway uh penn state 5-0 and going on the road against 6-0 and michigan or is michigan 5-0-2 i thought everybody had played
2: five weeks well uh penn state
0: oh no you're right uh, they yeah, a, they, penn buy. state had a bye week yep, okay yep. penn state uh went on the road earlier this year not necessarily a great team uh in auburn uh, but it's the SEC and it's Auburn. They went down there and they, they walloped uh, Auburn. I don't know how much that's saying. Uh, Michigan has played no one. Nobody. It's, it's embarrassing the schedule out of conference that Michigan has played this year. Humiliating. Uh, nonetheless, uh, they got a great coach, and I think Harbaugh's a great coach. Seven-point spread, and I am banking on I hate to say it, but I'm picking Michigan. Oof. Men?
2: You already know where I'm going to go with this one. Yeah, you got family. My fa- my family, family ties to the, the Nittany right. Lions. But I actually kind of feel good about this. I actually feel like they might be a little evenly matched. You look at their schedule, they both haven't really played anyone. The one game that I will point out about Penn State is the Purdue game. Purdue, You're right. Purdue, they, they beat them 35-31. And for Michigan, Maryland, the Maryland game, 34-27. Yep. Maryland and Purdue played each other this year. Purdue ended up on top, 31-29.
0: That was a tight game.
2: And it was a tight game. Yeah, all so, the way to the end. So, and same with the the Michigan game against Maryland. It was, it was 34-27. That, that so, was a
0: good game. I watched that game.
2: Yeah, so I think this game is actually kind of evenly matched. These teams are both heavy on defense. Yeah. Um, Both have uh, decent quarterbacks for their programs. Sean Clifford,
0: Um, right from St. X, seems like he's been there for
2: 15 years. Yeah, and uh, they love to run the ball. So I think uh, I, I love Penn State for the upset here. I don't know if they win, but I think they at least cover.
1: Okay. Paul? Penn State for me, too. Sean Clifford's had enough time to figure this out. If it's a make-or-break situation, this is it for Penn State. If they're going to have a season where they need to make a run in the Big Ten, this is their opportunity to do it. They have Michigan. They have Ohio State. You have Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio State in the next three weeks for Penn State. Two of those are at home, but this is the one on the road. Penn State's catching a touchdown here. If Penn State's going to do anything this season, they've got to win one of these Michigan or Ohio State games. Well, I th- it ain't
0: going to be Ohio State.
1: No, and it's, pro- it's uh, probably It ain't going
0: to be that one.
1: No, so uh, this is this is Michigan for me at a touchdown number on the road in the big house. Okay,
0: six four one two. Mars says, uh, "Go Penn State."
2: Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. Go, Nittany Lions. I like the
0: uh, the one comment by the way. uh, Said he was Tracy esque with that comment. Um, made by Dan Horde there near the end about one bosom and three bosoms and so forth. So that was Tracy Jones esque. Okay, uh, next up. Boy, I tell you, now, this would be a game that would be really fun to go to because I look, I mean, I'm biased uh, because I have family down at TCU. Um, I, it, it's one of the coolest campuses in the country. Uh, It's like Xavier, but five times the amount of land and stuck right in the middle of it is a 68,000-seat football stadium. I mean, it is a phenomenal place to watch a game. TCU's undefeated under first-year head coach Sonny Dykes, a four-point favorite against undefeated and ranked in the top ten, Oklahoma State. I am going with the Horned Frogs. After Ohio State, it's the next best offense in college football. (laughs) Boys?
2: Yeah, um, both these teams have really good offenses. Uh, I remember watching Oklahoma State week one. Um, They played the Chippewas. I don't know if you remember Mm -hmm. that. Um, That was uh, just overall you could see that the issue for them wasn't going to be on offense. It was going to be on defense. And it's the same thing for TCU. Um, They both have struggled to – Limit teams in and, and yardage situations. So this is going to be a huge offensive fight back and forth. Um, I personally like TCU just because I used to love Andy Dalton growing up. I used to root for the TCU after he left. Um, but I got TCU on this one. What I really love about this game, for anyone that's just curious as to why we're picking this game in particular, this is a Big 12 matchup, right? Well, it's the biggest yeah. game in the Big Twelve this, this is year. The biggest, so biggest far, game. and this is kind of an insight on what we could be facing with with UC in the next
1: coming years. So. Yeah, I mean,
0: it is a whole new ball game, man, with UC moving into the Big Twelve.
1: I am, excuse me. I'm also taking TCU here. I don't love this game to bet it. Uh, I did. We didn't pick it on my show yesterday. This four number seems a little funky. To me, uh, this is this is a toss-up type of a game. I would love to be there. I think this is going to be one of the better games of the weekend. I think this is a classic Big 12 shootout type game. Mm-hmm. I hope I hope it lives up to what we think it will be with the points and everything else. Yep. It's a bummer that it's going at 330 right up against the Tennessee and Alabama game. It's a bummer that those two games are getting played at the same time because – uh, it'd be nice if one of them was at noon and the next one was at 3.30 or one was a night game. Yep. But uh, I I am going to take TCU here. This is about as 50-50 in my mind as it gets to really good offenses. The betting trends, but about 50% of the money. It's 54-46 right now in favor of TCU. But uh, you're, you're talking basically about a, a 50-50 game here all the way around I like, I'm like. i very excited to see what happens in this game, and I'm going to lean for the home team in TCU that is looking to keep that momentum going Boy, from the Kansas win. Or under, I,
0: it ended up being, but, you know, it's funny you bring up about the shootout. Everybody thought that was going to be the deal last week when TCU played at Kansas. Both were undefeated, two of the top eight or nine scoring teams in the country. I believe it was like 10-7 or 10-3 at halftime, and then both offenses just blew up in the second half. TCU wins the game. Unfortunately for Kansas, they've lost their – very dynamic quarterback, the Daniels kid uh, looks like for the rest of the year. Okay. Um, in the, oh, I mean, are you kidding me? In the Mac. Max. Should- Bobcats have gotten back to 500 after a brutal out of conference schedule against the likes of Penn State and Iowa State, among others. Uh, but now the Bobcats on a bit of a roll. Another offensive juggernaut. You know who I'm taking. I am taking the Bobcats. Uh, a one-point favorite on the road at two and four Western Michigan boys.
2: Yeah, I'm taking Ohio as well. I think they get the job done. This is pretty much a pick 'em game. It's they're favored by one, so I I, I like the I like the Bobcats in this one. Uh, what about
1: you? I'm with you guys. Ohio, offense, take it on the road. I think offense and the Maction is what can win them games just like this. And uh, I'll take the three and three Bobcats on the road.
0: Maction officially starts, yeah, by the way, in close. another week. It's or close. Two. We're right, ar- right around the corner. I'll be at time. one of
4: those.
1: All right. And
0: certainly take the day off the next day. Um... <laughs> Come on. It's not that bad. I had high hopes for this game when the season began because I really bought into um, uh, what, what they're doing at Utah. Uh, they, they were unbelievable, and, and I always hate those two words, last year. I hate them. Uh, but, but Utah had everybody coming back. From a team that went toe-to-toe with Ohio State in that massive shootout, one of the most entertaining college football games you'll ever watch. Last year, uh, Ohio State won that Rose Bowl game, but Utah looked like a team on the come. Uh, They go down early in the year. We brought up earlier a game they could have won, should have won in Florida. They didn't. But they've stubbed their toe again since then. USC is getting all the hype and all the buildup. I'm not buying USC uh, for the long haul, but I am buying USC for this game. Uh, with Utah, I have a hard time. And, Paul, maybe you'll have an explanation for it after we get Casey's pick, too. I have a hard time understanding how Utah is a three-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Casey, who are you going
2: with? Uh, I'm going with Utah on this one. Are you? Yeah, they wow. should have won against Florida. And the UCLA game, uh, yeah, that that one does kind of stick out. But Utah's got a good defense. Um, USC hasn't played anybody. Um, Like you said, maybe Washington State. But I I just feel good about this one. I feel like they come in there, assert their dominance in the the pack. uh, Pack Is it pack 12? Yeah, pack 12, yep. Yeah. And, you know, show why we loved Utah in this start of the season. USC to me is just a big phony at seven. Big, big phony. Um, but, yeah, that, uh, that's just more of a feeling for me. What about right. you, Paul?
1: Uh, at, at over a field goal, I'm going to take USC here. I think they can cover the field goal even though it's supposed to be a high-scoring game. When you, when you see these totals in the 60s and then you see the field goal spread – You you can get a little wary of that. This is the night game to watch this weekend. I know it's on the road. If Lincoln Riley wants to do anything and make a statement in the Pac-12 this season, this could be a Pac-12 elimination game. This could be a Pac-12 regular season champion type of deal uh, for for USC. I like USC to cover the three in in this spot on the road. Tell you what, if you were a
0: stock picker and, and you could categorize college football teams uh, to go out and stock pick. Could the Big Ten have done better stock picking than bringing in USC and UCLA? I mean, you're talking about buying as low as you can get. UCLA has been awful, right? Nobody going to the games. You mean football? I'm talking yeah. about yes. In yeah. adding them to the conference yeah. moving forward. Yeah. USC has just not been USC for a long, long time and here you go out and add them to the conference, and both USC and UCLA, whether they're overrated or not, I think we all agree both are overrated, but whether they are or not, they were bought low by the Big Ten, and boy, that stock's up here right now.
1: Yeah, I think the Big Ten did a really good job of being proactive, getting out in front of it. They read the writing on the wall that college sports is already a national sport, and it's even going more national now. You're going to see these conferences start to expand. I really like the the, the Big Ten going out and doing that. Because... Yeah, and there
0: are a lot of rumors now, and I, and I hope the Big Ten doesn't do it. I mean, it, 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 it hurts me to just to swallow the pill of SC and UCLA coming in. I really don't want to see Oregon and Washington. I, I really don't. But, you know, apparently that's a word on the street, is there next. Do You don't want to
1: see any more West Coast teams? Or no, you just I don't, want to see I,
0: I, don't want, I don't want to see it. No, I didn't want to see the first two West Coast teams. Okay. But, you know, I mean, it, the landscape changes. you got to be proactive rather than reactive. You, uh, the, the ACC has been reactive, where, uh, whereas the Big Ten and the um, SEC have been proactive. Uh, is that it for the college game? It is. That we're is. on to the NFL. All right, we're on to the NFL. Here we go. And we have uh, about 15 minutes, so we're good. All right, Uh, we start with Ravens v. Giants. This is one of the better games of the weekend on a weekend where there are a lot of good games. Baltimore, five-and-a-half-point favorite, and I am going with the G-Men. I think Saquon Barkley goes off this week, and I think the G-Men stun Baltimore, or at least they cover that five-and-a-half-point spread.
2: Well, I also have the G-men. Um, they did a lot for me against the Packers. Um, I answered a lot of questions, and, you know, I do think Packers are struggling, so maybe this will come to bite me in the butt. But honestly, I think the same way about the Ravens. I don't think the Ravens are all what they're cut out to be. I mean, this is a really good defense, So, and we've seen how the Ravens struggled against our defense, the Bengals' defense in general. So I think – Saquon is going to be able to run the football and he's going to be able to take over the game.
4: Okay.
1: Paul? Uh, I hate this pick, but I'm going with the Giants too. We're all riding together, fellas. Okay.
0: All right. What's next? I can't believe one of us did not pick Baltimore in that game. Patriots. Two and a half point dog at Cleveland. I'm taking a Brownies.
1: All right.
2: I am also... Taking the Browns, um, I just think that they uh, they've just pinned the Browns, um, but I think uh, the Patriots have been pretty bad, um, one dimensional. I think that boats well for the Browns. So, give me the Browns two and a half point favorites. I like that they'll probably win by a field goal. Okay.
1: Uh, this game opened at three and a half for the Browns. It's down to two and a half. Uh, I, I think your reasoning, Casey, there is pretty good that it could be a field goal game. The money, the the bigger money is coming in on Cleveland, but just by a hair, just by a hair, it's taking a little bit to adjust to the fact that the Patriots aren't what they were before. You just see the name brand of the Patriots and you think to yourself, Oh, they're the Patriots. They are they are what they always were. But I think the Browns are what they always were. I'm not sure the Browns win six games this year. I am very out on the Browns. I'm out on the Browns more than probably a lot of other people are. And I am going to take the Patriots here to win outright on the road uh, in Cleveland. Okay.
0: All right, next up.
1: Ooh, huh. This is um, this is
0: bad. So we're going with nine. That's a spread. Is that what I see there? Yeah. Nine. Okay, nine-point spread. Tom Brady and the Bucks getting healthier, or so they say, uh, with all the offensive weapons, especially at the wide receiver position, through injuries and suspensions. Uh, Nine-point spread. I'm taking uh, Brady and the
2: Bucks. Okay. Just, um, the Steelers lost to the Bills, 38 to three, last week. Um, despite Tom Brady's offense struggling, I think uh, they will definitely cover the spread and win so
1: give me the bucks in this one uh, the Steelers might not win four games this year, but I just saw something that made me very very nervous. Tampa Bay is getting 71% of the bets in this game. I, I gotta double check this and make sure this is even right. Tampa Bay is getting 71% of the bets. But they're only getting 14% of the money. Huh. So, yeah, so this is what you were giving the, us uh, uh,
0: uh, uh, gambling 101 yeah. earlier about this kind of
1: thing. Yeah, so that would tell you if 29% of the bets are on Pittsburgh, but 86% of the money is on Pittsburgh. So that means all of the big money is on the Steelers in this game. I went with the Bucks. I'm going to take the Bucks here on the show but I'm going to have to do a little more reading into that one uh, before I put any money on it, okay. because that is, that, that makes me nervous. It makes okay. me nervous, but it, here's so, the game of the weekend though.
0: Right across the, way. Uh, uh, well, yeah, here it is. This is the game of the weekend. I think um, last year, that playoff game in Buffalo, everybody's still talking about it was, uh, or I mean in Kansas city, it was just unbelievable. Uh, the finish to that game. Um, Buffalo a two and a half point favorite on the road. I am stunned by that line. Uh I'm going with Kansas City.
2: Yeah, um I'm there with you, Tom. I'm I'm a little surprised that it's not really just a pick'em. Um I mean, usually the home team gets the three, right? They get the minus three. Um, and then they go from there. Um this is by a whole nother almost a whole nother field goal. Um, I, I'm going to pick Kansas City here to at least cover the spread. I don't know if they'll win. Um, I'm just looking, like, at the injuries here. There's not really anything that stands out to me that's, like, threatening to that that thought, that number. Um, you know, I, I think that this is going to be a good game. This is the game of the weekend for sure. might be the game of the year. We'll see. Um, last year, the Bills just absolutely thrashed Kansas City, but that was before they figured out how to beat cover two. So
1: I, uh, I like Patrick Mahomes at home. All right, I'm going to throw a bunch of stats out here at you. The Chiefs right now are plus two and a half against the Bills. Patrick Mahomes as an underdog is seven zero and one against the spread. So, if you have ever bet on Patrick Mahomes as an underdog against the spread, you've never lost money. The one is a push. He has never lost in an afternoon game. Box number two. So, those are two to back up your Chiefs picks. The second stat for you, and we talked about this yesterday, when you look at a game like this where it's one or two points and you think to yourself, okay, how often does an NFL game end with a difference of one or two points? Well, first of all, you can just look back and you can pick the game last weekend with the Bengals. The Ravens win by two. But if you look back over the last 20 years or so, between 2003 and 2020, almost 7%, which is not an insignificant number, almost 7% of NFL games in a 17-year span – ended at one or two. That's amazing. Now, 31% of games ended at three, six, or seven. So when we talk about key numbers, that's where that is. But in the five years between 2015 and 2019, so more recent, when you look at more recent trends in football, that number jumps up to well over 8% of games, and the number is over 31% again, for 3, 6, or 7. So it doesn't happen all that much. I'm not saying it happens all the time. But I think the average football better might look at that number and say that, oh, one or two, you might as well just take them straight up. It happens way more than you think, and especially in a game like this where it's two very talented teams that, yes, could score a lot of points, but that will probably keep the games close. I'm taking the Chiefs here in this situation – I think they win this game outright. Okay, all right, and um, we have a couple of other games.
0: If that game's the best game of the weekend, this one I think is 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 not far behind. And that's the Cowboys at four and one. Still, Cooper Rush at quarterback. He's won four straight, five and zero overall in his very brief career as a starting quarterback in the National Football League. The Eagles are undefeated, and they have played like it. Uh, six and a half point spread Philly at home and I'm taking the Eagles fly Eagles fly
2: yeah um, as much as I love the Eagles I think this is where you look at the history of these two teams and I know that Dak Prescott just absolutely destroyed the Eagles both times last year there's that famous last year quote but but Cooper Rush has been playing good ball, keeping it clean. This Dallas defense is something else, man. It it is truly something special. Um, I'm looking at the injury report here, and we've actually got quite a bit of uh, questionables for for Dallas that's uh, concerning, like Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons, uh, Dalton Schultz as well. But I don't know. I just got a good feeling about this defense and what they're going to be able to do against the Eagles, who love to run the football. And when they get pass happy, that's when they start to dwindle a little bit. And that's when they start making mistakes. And this team's really good in the past at capitalizing on those mistakes, getting the interceptions, turning the ball over. So, Give me Dallas on this one as the underdogs. Mm. I think they can at least at least keep this game to a field goal. This is a divisional rivalry.
1: I like this pick. I like Dallas here. All
0: right, before two or three requests <laughs> from our uh, online chat that we turn Paul's mic down a little bit.
1: Maybe I just need to sit back here.
0: Well, I don't know, whatever it is. I mean, sometimes <laughs> those things can happen. I mean, you know, you got this big, booming, great voice. So go ahead. Who are you picking in this game?
1: Fly, Eagles, fly. Tom, I'm with you. Yeah. Under a touchdown, I like it for the Eagles.
0: Okay. So, uh Casey, the loan, me feel good about picking them at all. And I hope they change my mind. Nothing makes me feel good about picking them. Casey, go ahead. You you you're you've got the aroma in your place.
2: <laughs> I'm smelling it. Ah, <sighs> smell victory here for the Bengals. This is pretty <laughs> much a pick 'em game like we talked about that. Well, if they
0: lose, it'll be the smell of napalm.
2: Oh, it'll be the smell of napalm. The just like Zim said, we're going to be writing out the signs, going out to Paul Brown, just rioting out there. Just, Yeah, they got to win this game to me um, if they want to at least have a chance. They, uh, we already said that they need to win like the four out of the five games coming up. Yep. This is one of those games that you just cannot lose. Um, the momentum would just come down even further for this team. Um, this is a team in the Saints that's – hurt this is a game that you have to capitalize on a get right game okay
1: they gotta they gotta do it here Paul uh I I like the Bengals spot here I don't like the way the public is betting on this game that's the only thing that really makes me feel nervous about this I like the way this is setting up for the Bengals on the road I do agree that this is one the Bengals really need to win and I think they get it done I think they get back to 500 they're three and three and uh and and they get it done today okay um tom i'm very excited for the cherry on top today to hear your thoughts on this game really yes okay well, let, let,
0: let's go ahead and have at it because we're at 11:58. we got to get out of here what is our cherry on top for this week paul
1: it is 19 years ago to the day you know it the bartman incident Ooh. 19 years is ago it today really? golly with day, steve man. bartman I feel old how about that
0: Yeah, I mean, you know what? We're going to save a show sometime uh, for that whole um, story. Uh, And I was so grateful and blessed to to have a chance to do that series. Uh, And there's Bartman there uh, with the headphones on and the blue cap, black sweatshirt. Um, I find him to be, and I've never met him, I have found him to be one of the most fascinating human beings that has ever walked the planet earth he has been offered millions and millions and millions of dollars to do an interview to make public appearances to do all kinds of things and to my knowledge he has never done it one time no eighth inning of that game gave up eight runs in the game and they made two errors on defense On routine ground balls, it should have been double plays or at the minimum force outs before they score eight.
1: And they could have won in game seven.
0: Well, they they were ahead in game seven and the Marlins started their worst starting pitcher. Um, Kerry Wood started that game. He couldn't get it done. Uh, And I love Kerry Wood, but he couldn't get it done. He had a home run in that game, early in that game, game seven. All right, we'll get to that another time. Gentlemen, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, We'll see how the picks turn out. We hope all of you have a great weekend. Please be careful. God bless. Stay safe. It's going to be a beautiful weather weekend. And what is Monday going to bring to us, folks, if Monday ever comes? If Monday ever comes. Have a great weekend.